0: And now, coming at you from the 5 Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Oh, hot damn, everybody. How are we doing? Uh, Darren Starr here. Once again, thank you for listening in. Episode 126 of The Drop Set, June 10th. It is Monday, starting this around 9 in the morning. Got a few things to go over here and... uh, you know, the uh, something dangerous is happening right now in that I just push the record button without really having any kind of an agenda of what I want to talk about. So yeah, there, there's an article online that I want to talk about. There are a couple of uh, listener uh, voicemails that I want to play here. But usually I always, I always hit record. I'm like, we're, we're going to start off talking about this. But I honestly, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do here. So I know that uh, I I have a vacation coming up. And I'm really excited about that. So <laughs> I'm going to start by talking about that very briefly here, just because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's on my mind. Um, and I'm T-minus four days right now until it starts. So this will be the last episode of the drop set until... I'll be on a hiatus, likely until... Well, either Monday the 24th or Friday the 28th. It depends on what kind of a shit storm I come back into um, after my vacation, if I'm up for, if I have time on my schedule for one on Monday. I may. Uh, I'm going to try and make it happen. So um, we'll miss Friday this week, and then we'll miss next week. So, you know, not too bad. Not too bad, right? I mean, a a lot of people that I found out um, on their podcast, a lot of other people that do it, I keep mentioning I'm part of this group, and they, they keep talking about how they do things, and what. A lot of, or maybe most uh, podcasters do, is they put out their episodes in seasons, unless they're doing it like, uh, you know, uh, as an exclusive business. Like if you get a top tier podcast, they're probably going to do it year round. But a lot of them put them out in seasons, much like uh, television series, where they'll be online for 20 to 30 weeks out of the year and then disappear for the remaining 20 to 30 weeks out of the year, which I think is kind of interesting. But I also think, man, you're really missing a lot. In doing that, and also, this podcast has proved to be a pretty, uh, pretty successful um, business driver for me. So I don't really want to abandon it for twenty or thirty weeks. I'm like, eh, you know, it's good. It's good. I don't, I don't, I don't make anything from this. As you know, there's no ads in this or anything like that. I have no sponsors, so. Um, it's just, uh, it's all about self promotions. Hey, let's talk about me, you know, that kind of thing. So, but it, it works. I enjoy doing it. I really enjoy the interaction and the feedback that I get from you all. So, um, I cannot possibly overstate how much, uh, personal joy and satisfaction it brings me in a really ridiculous way. Whenever I, I get an email that I have a new voicemail, I'm like, Yes, somebody gives a shit. That's awesome. So yeah, by all means, give me a call. 865-518-2974. Hit me up on Instagram at Darren underscore star um, or email me, Darren at 5 star I would throw out the, the Pinterest, YouTube, and Facebook links, but honestly, uh, if you hit me up through one of those, it is so much easier that it will get forgotten and lost. Um, th- I have, you know what, hold on. I'm going to save this. It just occurred to me. We need a pet peeve of the week this week. And I just thought of what it is. I'm going to make a note of it right here so I don't forget. And we're going to hit that in just a few minutes. So, <laughs> oh yeah. This will be one that's uh, very very much a personal thing for me. I guess they all are, right? But this one really, um, I don't know how many other people out there will relate to it. But I need to get it off my chest. So, let's talk about my vacation though. Because really, that's what I want to talk about. So, we are currently in the um, finalizing our plans stage And things are looking interesting. So we will be leaving on Friday. And Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night we will be in Oregon visiting my family. That Monday night we'll probably be back up in Portland, um, which is about an hour and a half from where most of my family lives. I'm staying in a hotel because we have an early flight then on Tuesday morning. So we'll stay up in Portland. Um, That's the day we'll probably visit the International Rose Test Garden, which if you've ever been to Portland, um, that is... One of the biggest reasons to go there, um, I think. It's just absolutely spectacular. It doesn't matter if you like flowers or not, you go there and it's just like, wow. I mean, it is spectacular. And June is like the best time to go. So I'm excited to go there. My wife has taken her fully charged um, camera <laughs> to take pictures. So um, she will get a lot of mileage from those because um, she will use those photos then as a basis for artwork for the coming year or two. So, um, the, the current stuff that she's making now is is focused a lot around um, photos that she took from a trip there three years ago. So she's looking to get some new material there. That'll be one place that we do it. So we're going to go hang out with family for a handful of days. Um, there's a, a winery near where my parents live in the Willamette Valley, which is great. So we're going to go there, check in on Dad, see how he's doing. Uh, you know Probably not do a whole lot, have a get-together with the whole family probably, maybe visit the brothers separately, just have a good time of it. And then Tuesday morning, um, we're going to hop a flight down to Oakland get a rental car and go up to, to Napa and stay there. It's about a little over an hour, um, it looks like. And uh, we do not yet have our lodging solidified yet. We're looking at a couple of different options there. Um, but we'll stay four nights in Napa and then come back home. So, And that that trip is going to be a little scattershot. Like just uh, yesterday, um, so yesterday we went out uh, to see a movie. I saw Rocketman, um, which was fantastic. Um, me being a lifelong Elton John fan, Elton John being the, the catalyst for me actually like wanting to play piano and be in a band and all that. So, um, I've seen him live three times. I've read five or six biographies on him. The movie was not fully accurate, but it got all the, all the main strokes right. And it was just a really, really creative, um, showcase. I mean, it was really awesome. So well done. Um, I really liked it. So afterwards we went out to, uh, uh, lunch with a friend across the street and, uh, she mentioned hey you know what Hamilton's playing in San Francisco we're like really and we're like oh yeah so my wife has an old friend from her theater days um that she used to do you know and he, here in Oak Ridge they have a community theater that she did a lot of shows at and one, there there's a kid who was a stage manager at that show and he is now the assistant stage manager for the touring production of Hamilton and he's living in San Francisco so <laughs> um we hopped on and bought tickets to see uh matinee on Wednesday. Of Hamilton, So on that day, we'll drive down into San Francisco, catch that show, maybe do something else in town while we're there. You know, it's an hour-ish away, hour plus, so it's not too bad. Um, We'll uh, just kind of hop around, play it by ear, be a little spontaneous, but have a good time, try and relax. We might go then and spend um, Friday night down in Oakland near the airport, um, do a little bit more in town maybe. Uh, But spend, spend the bulk of our time Tuesday, Thursday, part of Wednesday, part of Friday in Napa you know that that'll be enough wineries for us we're not wine snobs or anything like that um (laughs) apparently when you do a wine tasting you're supposed to like taste it and then spit it out like yeah there's not gonna be any spitting out that's the kind of wine person i am like no the whole point is to get tipsy sorry i kind of care what it tastes like but not not a whole lot like just get me drunk please that's all i want so (laughs) very lowbrow very lowbrow that's the vacation looking forward to it so um we, uh, Well, I'm, I'm getting everybody set up this week. I've got a couple of people that are approaching peak week the following week, so I'm going to stay in touch with them. Everybody else uh, on my client roster, I'm giving a pass for the week, and we're using this week to kind of set up and make sure that we have a plan in place for the two weeks ahead. So uh, it'll be uh, interesting. You know, it, it's always difficult for me to kind of walk away and just chill out and take a chill pill for a week and not let myself get all wrapped up in things that's part of being a business owner it's just uh it's difficult it's hard to walk away from your baby you know it's hard so uh but i I have to uh i have to try i have to try so um all right uh let's do it i got some stuff to get off my chest here what do you say okay here it is ready Facebook. I cannot think of any other program, platform, anything that feels that they have the right to commandeer the space of three apps on my phone in order to provide a reasonable user user experience and still fall so woefully short. So this is not your typical Facebook rant of like you know people being idiots on Facebook. I could talk about that for a long time as well, but no, I don't care about that. Um, what I care about is you know the uh, what the, the general Facebook app is is fine. It's okay. The problem is when you manage a page on Facebook, it gets to be a real, real massive pain in the ass. First of all. I take huge issue with Facebook using Messenger as a separate app. It's like, it, it, no, no. That, that's integrated into Facebook. That should be part of the same app. Why does that why do you have to break it out into a separate app? I think it's completely unnecessary, complicates things needlessly, because then you have people that try to contact you through Facebook. And if you don't have the Messenger app installed, they won't be able to unless you pull it up. I mean, it's just it's 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 bad design conceptually. It's really bad. They force you into this uh, into this, you know, particular lane. And if you're not there, then you just miss out. And I, I dislike it because I think the messenger app also is just horrible. Um, my big, my biggest problem, however, is with the pages app. So this is if you manage a page, um, and you want to do it on mobile as opposed to on your computer, which let's be clear, most of your content is uploaded via mobile. And so you kind of have to rely on that app in order to do it. Uh, it, that app is just a horrific piece of dog shit. It is terrible. It is awful. It has been around for years. It has undergone many revisions and updates and changes, and it has never been anything but awful and unusable. Um, Two main problems that I have with that. One is if I record some content, like a video, um, and I try to upload it, to Facebook. And I've tried to do this before. You know, I used to do my, um, my weekly updates where I would just talk, um, from my swinging chair out back. And they, those updates would be like six or eight minutes long. You know, it's, it's not worth putting into YouTube just because it's something that is, I don't want it living forever up there, but you know, it can scroll through a Facebook feed. People can watch it or not. And then it just, it goes on there's six or eight minutes. It's too long for Instagram. Um, so Facebook is the logical place for it. The problem is trying to upload a video that's 6 or 8 minutes long to Facebook. You you do that through the Pages app and it's just a miserable experience. Like I could spend 6 to 8 minutes recording that and then the next 1 to 3 hours trying to upload it and failing. And so that is why those updates went away. Not because I got, you know, I I got tired of doing them, but just because logistically they were such a nightmare to upload. I'm like, this is not worth it. This is not, not worth it. If I was having thousands of people watch it, okay, I'd probably put up with it. But, you know, in order to get that, you've got to be persistent enough with it for just a handful of people to watch. I'm like, it's not worth the effort. I'm not going to take one to three hours of my day to babysit this upload on my phone and try to coax it along and, you know, oh, it looks like it's stuck. Well, let me pause it. Let me resume it. Well, let me cancel it and try it again. I'm like, no, uh, come on, come on. Make it work or I'm not going to use it. That's all there is to it. So that's one big thing. The other thing, and this is the biggest problem that I have now. Well, okay, there's three things. Um... Uh, messages that I I receive will periodically just disappear or go into another folder. I know that there's a feature in Facebook where you can mark a conversation as done and it puts it into a different folder. That's not what's happening here. Sometimes they just disappear. I'm like, wait, I know this was here. Where did it go? Um, The biggest problem that I have is with notifications. So first of all, um, there's nothing like an app that doesn't work that will send you a notification saying, hey, don't forget to use me and post something so that your audience can interact with you. I'm like, honestly, go fuck yourself, okay? <laughs> you, know, you are you are taunting me at this point. You're not encouraging me to post. You're taunting me. You are daring me to be brave enough to use you. And frankly, I'm just not. I'm not. I don't have that kind of bravery in me to deal with trying to use that pages app to post content on, on my Facebook page. This is not worth it. And the other thing is the notifications that pop up um, that says, hey, so-and-so commented on your thing or so-and-so reacted to your story. And I will tell you, more often than not, I can never find those. Like, they disappear in a maze of like, okay, notifications, great, click here. Well, and then that takes me, if, if I try it on mobile, for example, and I get a notification from Pages that says, Darren Starr, comment on your video. Okay, cool. So I click on that, and you know what it does? It takes me to the Pages app where it lists my notifications. So then instead of displaying that notification on the lock screen of my phone, it shows me that notification in a list of all the other notifications. I'm like, all right, cool, that's fair. I shouldn't have to do this, but let me click on it. And then what it does, it takes me to the regular Facebook app, to the notifications list there, where that is not present, and so I'm like, okay, all right. So then, then I've got to make an assumption here. Well, I am assuming because I just posted this thing, and it, honestly, everything that you see on Facebook for me for the last several months has been just a, a direct repost from Instagram because I can post to Facebook from Instagram and not have to use the Facebook app at all. And uh, on that note, also that doesn't work all the time. So if you're just following me on Facebook, you're missing some stuff as well. I'll get an error message that says periodically, um, "Yeah, that, that that didn't work. We're not sure why. Try again later." I'm like, "Nope, I don't care, honestly." Uh, <laughs> and so the uh, I, I can make an assumption like, "Well, I posted this five minutes ago, and so and so just commented on it. It's probably that most recent post, right?" Because you know, let's be clear, I don't get a whole lot of comments and traffic on my Facebook posts. Because I rarely do anything there because it's so frustrating. Uh, So I pull up that post and I go to look in the comments and there are none. This has happened many times. It's not an isolated case. And so then I go on the computer and it's like, nope, no comment here either. Huh? Huh? Well, what happened to that notification? Then I go back and that notification's gone. And it's not that the person deleted their comment, which I get it, you know, that, that would make it happen. This happens almost every time a comment goes up. I can never find it. A reaction to a story that gets cross-posted from Instagram to my Facebook page story, I, I can never find what those are. Uh, they're, they're not in messages. The stories don't have any kind of uh, discernible archive of comments or views that I can look at. So, um, I don't know. All this to say the Facebook pages app is a pile of shit and I'm pretty close to just shutting down my Facebook page altogether. Um, so I, I will say right now, if you're following me there, go follow me on Instagram instead. Even there, my posting has slowed down quite a bit. I still have story updates that are coming in pretty regularly and I'll, I'll pick back up on the regular feed updates as well. It's just, you know, priorities have been elsewhere lately. So, um, yeah, I hate Facebook. That's, that's, that's pretty much the, the sum and substance of that. So, I do feel a little bit better having gotten that off my chest. So now let's get on and uh, move on to some more productive things, shall we? It's funny how these days kind of get away from me. So I I started recording that at, what did I say, like 9 o'clock, and now it's uh, 6.15 p.m., and I'm just coming back to uh, do the the back half of this. So go figure. This one might end up being a little bit shorter. This day kind of got away from me a little bit. Uh, We'll see what happens. But we do have a couple of uh, of, uh, voicemails from listeners that I want to get to, so let me go ahead and jump in on those right now, and we'll see what we got. Hey, Darren. This is Heather from New Jersey. Um, so I was wondering uh your thoughts on how many times a day you have to change your clothes and shower for somebody competing, especially if you have to split your cardio and your lifting up into a morning and evening session, um, and plus, say, you work a job where you sweat all day. Um, pretty annoying. Uh Thanks. Bye. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Heather. So I was thinking one thing that I was going to open this with was, uh, hey, we're going to have an episode here where Darren doesn't overshare, um, the way that I did last time. And I realized I was kind of vague about all that stuff last week. That's not going to change. Nobody wants those details. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that oversharing thing that I was trying to avoid. I don't know. We might be, uh, we, we might be venturing back into that land for better or for worse. And I promise you it's for worse. So, uh, that is one of the most annoying things about prep is having to shower multiple times daily. And especially if you're someone like me who has really, really, really sensitive skin, um, you've got to kind of take a, uh, I mean, seriously, like if I, if I shower and like soap up, et cetera, multiple times a day, even just doing that will irritate my skin. If I do it, you know, if I take like three showers a day. So, um, during prep, Um, I may, uh, I mean, I I will probably hit like three realistically. Um, So there's, uh, I've I've fasted cardio, it also depends on when during the year I'm prepping, like how hot is it outside, because I will do my fasted cardio in the gym, and if I'm doing it like during the summer and in the fall, like I was this last year, it's hot. I'm sorry. I do my fasted cardio in the garage. Did I say gym? I feel like I said gym. I'm doing it in the garage, and it gets hot in there. Um, I was prepping um, this year like uh, July, August, September, um, October, and towards the end it cooled off. But for the rest of it, it was hot. And so I'm doing fasted cardio. I'm no world champ when it comes to cardio intensity. You know, I'm not like leaving everything on the elliptical or wh- whatever that even means. But I go, I go reasonably hard. And if, it, if it's hot and, you know, I'm in East Tennessee, so it's humid, so you can break out in a sweat just standing outside staring at a tree. But if I'm in the garage doing cardio, even at five in the morning, it's hot enough that just moderate intensity, I'm going to be like pouring buckets of sweat. And I'm like, okay, uh, a, a shower at this point is non-negotiable and it's got to be a real one, a legit one. Uh When it got later into prep, I would sweat less. And I know you've experienced that probably the deeper and deeper you get into prep, you've got to work a little bit harder to break a sweat. And as the temperature dropped as well, um, I could come inside from that and just kind of towel off a little bit and be fine, knowing I'm going to eat a meal and go lift so you know big deal you know slap on some deodorant you know maybe spritz a little cologne if i'm trying to be really inoffensive um and just call it good consider that covered and masked and then go out and do my business it just depends on how uh how hard you push on cardio which the the ambient temperature has a lot to do with that as well for me so towards the tail end of my prep um, in november it was cold enough outside uh, it was really hard to get a sweat going in that garage um, so, uh, e- even pushing pretty hard, which I was towards the end, but I feel like, uh, you know, a little sweat, but it's like, Oh, you know, got, got a little bit of perspiration here. Uh, I could just come in and towel off and be fine, none the worst for wear, not too offensive and go to the gym and be fine with that, which I was usually there, you know, an hour and a half after I would get done with cardio, you know, immediately eat, digest a little bit off to the gym to lift. So, um, so for me that would kind of reduce things a little bit. And then after the gym, um, my my strategy at that point later in prep was take more of a rinse when i get back um and then cuz my, my usual routine is shower at the end of the day before dinner that's usually what i do so um i'd try and just kind of fend off and do as little as possible until then. also knowing that the only person I was really going to be offending was myself because I was home alone most of the time on all days anyway, working from home. So I got to get away with that a little bit. So during the end of prep, I got to get away with like one shower a day, like a rinse and then a shower, which was fine. Um, So, but you know, during the earlier parts of prep, it was, you know, a, a shower post cardio, then a rinse after the gym, um, which I have to do that personally. Some people, your mileage may vary on that a little bit. It depends on how hard you lift, how much you sweat when you lift. You know, some people say I don't sweat when I lift, and I would say, well, you're not doing it right because you should. But there are days I know where you know I, I feel like I'm bringing it pretty hard, but it's just you know I'm not pouring buckets. And I think relative humidity has a lot to do with it. You know what your focus is. If you're focusing more on like a squeeze and you're keeping your rest periods moderate and not super short, you're not chasing a really high heart rate, which you shouldn't be when you lift anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean there there are days when you're not going to be, you know, pouring buckets of sweat after a lift. But, you know, uh, some people are just like, I don't sweat when I lift. You aren't doing it right if you can say that universally. Um, but, uh, like for me, there were days when I could, you know, just get away with a rinse, just trying to reduce the number of like full soap showers I'd take just to, uh, make my skin a little bit happier but I got to do something after the gym because even if I've just got a little bit of that perspiration sitting on my skin um it's just naturally oily all the time anyway and uh, I've got to rinse it off if nothing else I know that it would be best to do a full-on shower but I save that for the end of the day and just try not to overdo it with the soapy products just because my skin won't like it so I've got to be a little bit more sensitive about that than the average person um and that's something that I've had to deal with since I was 12 years old lucky me um but uh, yeah, and then for women, of course, the extra question is like, well, how frequently do you wash your hair? And I I wish I could comment on that, but uh, I don't have a lot of insight to offer there. But yeah, basically, uh, Heather, I think part of your question was just like, hey, this is a real pain in the ass and I just kind of want to vent about it. And I hear you. <laughs> but I would say typically twice a day that if you're doing fasted cardio and then lifting in the morning, the question is, can you survive from one to two without a shower in between? And I think, you know, it depends on a lot of things, including you know how hard you push, how much you care about other people, and how willing you are to kind of push the envelope on what's socially acceptable. And I think, honestly, I think that's a totally fair answer to a really good question. Hey, Coach. It's Gabriella from New Jersey. Um, question of the week, and yes, I will be calling every weekend asking a question, um, is do you have any tips for going out to eat when it's completely unavoidable while you're on prep um, like, you absolutely have to go out to eat, what is okay to order, what's okay to do? Do you bring your own meal in a Tupperware and look like a jackass? Just any tips for going out to eat while you have a specific meal plan and or doing the uh, flexible dieting. Um, let me know. Thanks. Obviously, it's New Jersey Day here on the drop set. Uh, I don't know if the rest of the state didn't get the memo or what. Those are the only two I got. So, Um, Gabriella, good question. Um, Tips for eating out when unavoidable on prep. First of all, I challenge the premise of your question. It is never unavoidable. It can be really inconvenient and uh, really make you feel like you're making yourself the center of attention. If you're like, oh, I can't eat out, it is never unavoidable. We are all creatures that are blessed with free will, and you can always opt out. You can make a decision and take the easy way out. Um, Also, it depends on how hardcore you are and how severe you want to be with things. So, If you want to bring your absolute best during prep, that means you do not have a single meal that is untracked or estimated which means probably not eating out Um, unless you're at a place where, yeah, they have macros published and you can eyeball it and you're like, yeah, that looks about right. Because I tell you what, you go to some of these places and you're like, well, they say the macros are this, but I'm looking at it, and I don't see how the hell they get there from that. I mean, I think it's it's good if you have enough experience with macros to be able to look at that, eyeball it, and kind of question things a little bit. Uh, the gold standard for eating out is a place like Chipotle, where they have macros for all of their individual ingredients based on their standard serving sizes, which is awesome. And then you can mix and match and uh build it yourself i think also um salsaritas which is like chipotle i know they have them here in tennessee and i think i think it might be more of a regional chain i don't think they're nationwide um but they have uh a uh, an app uh, or a, a builder on their website i think where you can say, well, I'm having this, put this and this and this and this on it, and here's your macros. And you, it spits them out, and you're like, yeah, it looks about right. Based on the serving size, yes. Uh, and yes, their serving of chips, okay, that's a shit ton of calories. Yes, that is right, because they really load them up, and they're uh, they're definitely kind of like oily chips. They're so good. Oh, my God, they're the best. So, um, the quality of the numbers reported is not a universally guaranteed constant. Um, there can be some variability in that, which is why... When you're on prep, the best solution is avoidance. And I know that's uh, people are rolling their eyes like that's not what I want to hear. I'm like, I get it. Yeah, uh, prep is full of things that you don't want to hear. So suck it up, deal with it. Um <laughs> There you go. That's that's more like the Friday answer from Darren. The end of the week I'm tired of all this bullshit answer. <laughs> but no, M- Monday Darren, we're going to get a little bit more fleshed out response here. So um do do you bring Tupperware and look like a jackass? That is absolutely an option, yes. And again, if you're on prep and we're looking to avoid any estimated or untracked meals, that is your option. Um, If if you're going to a place where things are unknown, then don't put yourself in that situation. And like I said, it is always avoidable. It always is. If you're feeding yourself a narrative that it's unavoidable, you have uh, missed the forest for the trees. It is always, always avoidable if you plan ahead. You might say, well, like, well, I'm in a situation where I don't have a meal and everybody else is going out. Well, you shouldn't have you should have overprepared to the point where you wouldn't find yourself in that situation without a meal. So, uh, you know, I would always rather if I'm, if I'm leaving home and I know I'm going to be gone for X hours and I know that during X hours I will have Y meals, I will always take Y plus one meals so that I know that I will, you know, even if I'm stuck and we're late and I'm like starving and ready to eat my hand or whatever, that I'm still going to have something available to, uh, to munch on. So, um, that, that I know what it is and it's a certainty, et cetera. So, I might rephrase your question, um, instead of, you know, do I have any tips for eating out on prep when it's unavoidable, unavoidable? I might say, do I have any tips for eating out when I'm not on prep and it's, and I, I want to stay close to my macros and it's not a, not a cheat meal. And I would say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can, I can do that. So this is the Monday answer here. Um, so a few things, first of all, um, always easier if you go to a place where their macros are published. And what I would look for is probably something on the website itself. When I was alluding to like macros being kind of skeptical, and you, you should always look at them with a skeptical eye, and they may be a little sketchy, um, what I'm really talking about there is MyFitnessPal. Because you can look up, like, you know, pull up Cracker Barrel and look at something on the menu there and then search for that in MyFitnessPal. And you will find anywhere from, you know, five to seven or eight entries for that with caloric values that can vary wildly. And when you do that also, you notice that some of them just have calories and they don't have a macro breakdown. Or some of them, well, they include how many carbs and fats, but protein's a blank or something. Or they include all three, but if you run the math, protein times four plus carbs times four plus fats times nine, the calories aren't even close to being in the same ballpark. And yeah, fiber can throw that number off a little bit based on how they work the calculation there. I totally get that. Um, But it's not going to make it off by like 200 calories. For example, if some Something is 20 grams of protein, 20 grams of carbs, and 10 grams of fat. You add those up, it's 40 times 4, that's 160. It's 10 times 9, that's 90. Add 2, add, what I say here? 160? 160? Yeah, 160, 90 together. It's 250 calories. Okay, great. So it should be about 250 calories. But yeah, it says it's 120 Or 400 or something. It's off by a mile, not even close. That's suspect. You can't use that. You can't rely on it. Something's wrong. You don't know what it is, but something's wrong. So um, if you're trying to stay accurate, you've got to be able to run all this shit through your bullshit detector. And your bullshit detector is something that gets more accurate based on how frequently you use it and the skill set you develop with tracking macros, understanding how the math works, and saying, hmm... I'm looking at the picture of that in the menu and I'm looking at the numbers here and that looks like a big ass carb serving for something that says it only has 25 grams of carbs in it or whatever, you know, the the more you do it, um, the, the better you get at it. So, um, still uh, avoidance and skepticism are probably the, the healthiest options there. So, um, the, the other thing that goes into it, so let's say we've moved past that and they're like, well, I'm going to order this and I don't know what the numbers are, um, but I'm going to try and pick a good option here. I know I've got room in my macros for a healthy serving of protein, some carbs I need to keep the fats pretty low. So you know you're looking at something like probably a chicken or a fish-based thing or some other kind of seafood, um, and uh, then, then you, you start looking through the menu and getting creative and understand that um, unless you're at a place where like the chef's name is on the menu, you can special order stuff. And if you're, if you're at one of those places, you, you shouldn't be there unless you're trying to have a cheat meal. That's really the only answer. If you're at a fancy place where you're like, you know here's the menu do you want the chicken or the fish or whatever and we're gonna bring everything else out to you and here it is kind of like you're at a wedding you know you have like two options on the menu and that's it or here's the menu for tonight this is what you're getting that kind of thing um, if you're at one of those places and you're trying to not have a cheap meal uh, I can't help you there's no solution around that you've got to go to a place where they have a, a kitchen where the cooks make stuff to order and you're gonna be high maintenance and you're gonna feel like a jackass in the pain in the butt but here's the thing: um, you have dietary restrictions that are not based on allergies or medical conditions, but that are based on your goals. So if somebody is diabetic or somebody has a severe allergy to X, Y, or Z, this is their life, and they're going. If they go to a restaurant, then they have to special order, you know, pretty much everything. Um, so you're just going to live like that for a meal here, and you're going to be high maintenance. But you know what? The people in these kitchens and the wait staff, they are used to it. So chill out. It's okay. They may not like it. I don't know. Uh, I haven't worked in a kitchen. Um, I've never been wait staff. So I don't, they may find you a real pain in the ass. But at the same time, there used to be people being pain in the asses. So I mean, all you're doing is making a special request. Be nice about it. Be really accommodating. Be prepared to leave a nice tip. They won't care. Um, so what you want to do is, uh, assume nothing and by that I mean how it, how your thing is prepared whatever you're looking to order you're like how is this prepared um I'll, I'll use an example so there is a restaurant that I go to here um actually I haven't been there in a while actually but it's a it, it's a, a local uh chain they have like six or seven locations in the Knoxville and surrounding area really good place I like it they have the best table bread that they bring to you it's awesome I love it Actually no, that's Lakeside Tavern, which is right down the road from us, which is amazing. Really, they have the best bread. Oh, it's so good. Aubrey's that I'm talking about, their bread's a close second. I dig it. Um, actually, it's the butter that they bring out with it, which is really good. Anyway, I digress. I'm a little hungry. Can you tell? Um, so they they have a a couple of dishes there. They have one that's a lemon lime chicken. So it's seasoned grilled chicken breast um, served with uh, rice and uh, broccoli. Well, I happen to know because I asked that um, they, they smother the broccoli with butter. It's not like cheese and butter or anything. I just smother it with butter. So I put in a special request, just steam the broccoli, nothing else on it. And then I salt it, and it's fine. Um, and the rest of the dish is actually really clean. Like, I don't need any modifications. It does not come out with the portions that I like, usually. Um, but I have gone there on prep before. Not necessarily when I was trying to be totally hardcore. Not on prep, when I was on a cut. I wasn't prepping for a show or a shoot or anything like that. It was a little lower stakes. Um, I was just trying to trying to drop some weight and like lose, lose an inch off the waist. <clears throat> um, but uh, I, I went there and felt felt moderately comfortable with the portion size. It was larger than I wanted, and so I eyeballed it using skills that we will develop and talk about here. Um, and was able to say, okay, I'm really comfortable with this estimate here. I think that's about good. And I'm, I'm comfortable logging that and feeling like, uh, those numbers are fairly accurate. And then I would throw a note on my tracker that I use to, to track everything daily. I would throw in my numbers as I usually do, usually do. And then say, uh, put in a parenthetical note, you know, estimated numbers for meal six out. Or something like that. So that I know like, okay, so this is not totally precise. There's something that may have been a little off plan here, but I did my best to get close to these numbers. So um so the the estimating thing. So you've gotta you've gotta know how the stuff is prepared. And if it doesn't say it specifically in the menu, you've gotta ask. And just know they're always gonna sneak in extra fats wherever they can, because fat is what makes food taste good. That and salt which salt is fine. We don't care about that. I would for that reason, however, whenever you go out and eat something, if you're logging this stuff anywhere, make a note of that on whatever you use to log it just because you'll have a sodium bump for that day more than likely relative to what you would normally have. And you may see a little bit of uh, water weight retention the next day. And if you plug in a note to that effect, you won't freak out about it. When you look back and three days later, you're like, God, why am I not dropping weight? I spiked up really high there. And you forget that you actually went out to eat, that kind of thing. So anyway, Plug plug a note for yourself in there, and you'll be much better off. Uh, So uh, you've got to know how it's made. So they always try to sneak in extra fat. So um, you know, and and like the carb sources, like rice. You know, are are they um, throwing some oil in there? Maybe butter, more than likely. Um, Same thing with veggies. You know, they'll say steamed veggies. You know, with butter. Uh you know, so that's very common. Um and then ask how the protein sources are prepared as well. So like is that grilled? Um and usually they'll have some oil on the grill. The I, I consider those macros to be pretty pretty close to trace. Like I would plug in an extra few grams of fat when I log that just because uh, it, it's not nothing, but it's not like oh, I gotta log this as a tablespoon of oil. They'll put a bunch of oil on the grill. A lot of that cooks off. Some of it soaks into what you get. Um, but it's not gonna you know, it's not gonna break the bank if you account for a few grams of fat here and there. Um, but uh, ask. Ask how things are prepared, uh, and uh, don't be afraid to you know make requests like uh, you know I want this, but leave off the blah blah blah, and you know just steam the veggies, no butter or anything like that. You know I mean that that is a very very reasonable low maintenance question. What you have to know are two things: you have to make some assumptions about how they're cooking things, or at least what are the pitfalls like what are the things that they're likely to do to this dish that's going to make it taste better that would fuck with my macros and then ask them not to do that. Or if you've got the macros to spare, just know that, but then you know, incorporate that when you log it. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is estimating your portion sizes. So um, a few rules of thumb there. So for protein sizes, three ounces is the size of a deck of cards. So how many decks of cards are they bringing you? Usually it's somewhere between six and eight at most common places. So um, depending on what your typical protein size is, you may just want to have like half of that. Um, like if you're if you're like wow that's more than two decks of cards that's probably about eight ounces. Well your typical portion's four, cut that sucker in half. That's four ounces. It should look like a big deck of cards. You know about thirty percent larger than a regular size one. There you go. That's a good estimate. Is it? exact on your scale no but you don't have to bring your scale you know if it's if it's life or death to the point where you need to bring your scale to the restaurant just don't go uh, you're, you're, don't go. Um, if you're going to be that precise about it, just don't go because you, you can't be a hundred percent certain on how things are prepared. So just uh, eliminate the uncertainty. If it's that important that you need to bring a scale with you to the restaurant, so just eyeball it. It's fine. You're going to be within a half an ounce probably, which is great. That's a few grams here and there. That's you know fifteen twenty calories. If you can't spare that, sorry, you're already fucked. Um, for carb sources. So this would be like uh, potatoes, rice, any other kind of grain, that kind of stuff. Uh, you are looking at uh, something about the size of a baseball is a cup. So if you're like, well, I typically get like a half a cup of rice in this. Well, take a baseball in your head, cut it in half. That's your portion size. Nice and easy there. Um, for fat sources, you're looking at about half of a golf ball for a tablespoon. Uh, and so that's for like dressing, dressing. Oils, those are the two most common things. So if you're trying to get a salad, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to have some of this dressing. You've got to know what is the dressing. Um, What is the base? Is it buttermilk based? Is it oil based? Whatever, Um, and then uh, plan accordingly. Find an appropriate entry in My Fitness Pal, like, oh, this is blue cheese dressing, and I'm going to have a full tablespoon of this. It's about a half a golf ball. Well, this, and if you order stuff um, like if you get a salad. Here's, here's the big thing. Um, order it deconstructed. They will bring it out to you with all the things in little individual um, dishes uh, or maybe just separate on the plate. But then you can really eyeball the specific portion sizes of all the elements of it. Uh, and it's much easier that way. And then all the dressing is on the side, so you can look at it, and you can kind of scoop out with a spoon what appears to be about a half the size of a golf ball for your you know, tablespoon or so of dressing, or you can eyeball it that way accordingly. If you just use those handy little tidbits, however, boy, that gets you a long way towards having an accurate and usable estimate, which, again, not good enough for somebody trying to do a hardcore prep. Totally good enough for somebody who's trying to have a macro appropriate eating out meal without making it a full on cheat meal. Like, well, I'm going to have my cheat meal on Friday. It's Tuesday. But, my, and I, I tell you, I've had this situation a lot. I, I want my cheat meal on Friday. It's pizza. I need my pizza every week. Damn it. Don't fuck with me. I need that. But my wife is asking if I want to go out to dinner on Tuesday. And if I say no, then I'm going to be a jackass. I don't want to be a jackass, so let me suggest that we go somewhere where I know I can get something that's somewhat macro-appropriate. These are all the strategies that you need in order to make a situation like that work. And that is a totally fair and valid situation. So, and again, it depends on the urgency of where you are. Like, are you in a cut? Are you in show prep? Are you eight weeks out? Are you 14 weeks out? Are you 10 days out? Um, Those are all going to warrant different answers. Like if you're 10 days out and somebody said, "Ah, I'm eating out, what should I get? I'd be like, you're not eating out. What the hell is wrong with you? You're 10 days out from a show. Stop it. What the hell? God. (laughs) No, no, that doesn't happen. We're not doing that. We're not playing that game. Go home or bring your Tupperware. I don't care. <laughs> Torture yourself 10 days out watching everybody else eat delicious food. That sounds like a great time. No, no. I mean, that's the thing, you know, but make sure that you, you're doing everything you can to surround yourself with people that understand what it's like to be on prep as best you can. You know, I, I fail with that, but, uh, uh, I'm also okay, uh, going out in those situations and just saying, no, if I'm serious about something, I have no problem. Like, yeah, I'll join you and I'll, I'll, order maybe like a diet Coke or just have water or whatever. And you know, I'll eat beforehand afterwards. I've done it before. Not my favorite thing to do. Um, but then again, you don't necessarily want to miss out on the experiences, but while well, I'm dieting right now, so yeah, it's making things a little bit more difficult, but at the same time, it might be worth it just depending on what the experience is like. So, um, that's good. A little teaser for you coming back. Um, There is a story that I want to talk about. This is in the Washington Post from um, last month, so it's not exactly timely. But um, it is an interesting story about a runner who is disqualified and stripped of titles for basically failing a drug test because she had naturally high testosterone levels that were outside of the norm for women but were were not impossible you know not not a sign of doping but just outside the wada guidelines for what is acceptable for women um so very interesting and um the, the headline uh, of this is, we celebrated Michael Phelps for his genetic differences. Why are we now punishing Castor Semenya for hers? And I think that's interesting, because if you look at Michael Phelps, there are all kinds of reasons, um, genetic reasons, as to why he had a competitive advantage. You know, His joint flexibility, his wingspan, etc. Those are genetic things. Um, well, Castor Semenya's elevated testosterone levels, which let her, you know, build muscle more easily than other people, which was great for for the type of distance running that she did, um, is the same thing. There is no outside influence here, um, so I believe um, there, there's some some court action going on here as well. It's an interesting story, and I want to dig into that a little bit once I'm back from my vacation. So just a little teaser for that. Um, Here's another thing. I'm going to put out a call for this and I would love to get some voicemails on this. So, um, we need to have, and I don't know that I'm really qualified to lead the discussion on this, but we need to have a discussion on body dysmorphia because it is a real thing and it is a huge, huge problem in the world of bodybuilding. Um, Not like a systemic problem with the sport, but it is something that impacts, I would say, a large majority of competitors. And I think it it is time that we have a good discussion about it. So I would love to get, you know, you, you guys open up and I'm going to do the same thing um, because I deal with this on a daily basis um, and not just with clients but personally with myself as well. And so I think it's time to have... A serious discussion about it, not just dismiss it as being like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we always see ourselves in the shittiest way. You know, I'm fat, you know, I'm, I'm tiny, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I say those things all the time jokingly. But at the same time, there's a seriousness to it, which I think is a, a really important a psychological condition that is worth a serious discussion. So I would love to get other people's thoughts and opinions on that, um, whatever they happen to be. If they are your own personal stories, if they are your own personal thoughts on the matter, if they are things that you struggle with or that a friend of yours has struggled with or something like that, if there were things and tactics that you employed to help deal with that and to help... Um, help move yourself over that or to come to grips with it a little bit more i would love to hear about that because like i said i want to have this conversation i'm not sure i'm the best person to lead it just because you know i i can talk about it for other people but at the same time you know it's like the uh (laughs) it's like the uh the basketball coach who never played a game in his life, you know, it's like, what? What does he know? <laughs> you know well, he might know a lot of strategy, but there's something to be said for you know going through it yourself. And so, yeah, I'm dealing with this myself, but it's not a demon that I've conquered by any stretch of the imagination, or even close. I think realistically, right now, I'm just starting to come to grips with just come uh, come to grips with how bad of an issue it is for me. So, um, I would love to get feedback from other people on this as well. Let's have a good open discussion on it. So, you've got some time to send in your notes. Um, like I said, I will be gone this Friday. Friday and next week and returning hopefully on Monday the 24th and if not then certainly the following Friday but um, the phone lines are open always 865-518-2974 send your notes in that way Um, give me a call really really on this one I'd love to get voicemails you can certainly message me um, send me an email as well and I'd like to talk about that but I think for something like this it's very personal I think hearing your voice is a big thing so um, call on in let's see what you got as for me I am officially as far as the drop set is concerned now on vacation I got three more full days of work here to crank out and then I am uh, heading for the west Coast so I appreciate you all listening thank you very much um, once again input from everybody across the board is uh, always always welcome and appreciated Thank you Gabrielle and Heather today for your contributions uh, I look forward to more of those next time around and I hope everybody has a great uh, what 's it going to be about two weeks two weeks and uh, i 'll catch you on the flip side